Hey, this is episode 31 of the Urology Audio Guidelines podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Nick Serrano. In this episode, we're going to review anticoagulation and antiplatelet therapy in urologic practice. Recommendation 1. For patients on clopidogrel or aspirin for secondary stroke prevention, especially for recent events, it is recommended to continue aspirin through the perioperative period. 2. Withdrawal of dual antiplatelet therapy should not occur prior to urologic procedures within 12 months of drug-eluting stent placement or within 3 months of bare metal stent placement due to the high risk of major adverse cardiac and cerebrovascular events. 3. Patients with mechanical heart valves are at high risk for thrombotic complications and should be bridged as appropriate. 4. For those patients with cardiac risk factors on low-dose aspirin alone, this can be continued in perioperative period without increasing risk of major bleeding. 5. Patients taking low-dose aspirin without specific medical indications may be scheduled electively discontinuing the antiplatelet drug until directed by the surgical team. 6. Periprocedural management of novel oral anticoagulation, or NOACs, for patients with nonvalvular atrial fibrillation is stratified by procedural risk of bleeding and the urgency of the procedure. For procedures with only a minor risk of bleeding, NOAC use does not have to be modified, similar to the management with warfarin, or low molecular weight heparin. For urgent procedures, a delay of the procedure, if medically appropriate, for 24 to 36 hours, allowing for expert consultation with cardiology, hematology, or thrombosis services. For emergent procedures, if there is an increased risk of bleeding associated with this procedure, consultation with experts is strongly advised. Spinal or epidural anesthetics are contraindicated. Renal reduction procedures will require assessment of renal function post-procedure in order to determine the safety and dosing of NOAC. 7. Perioperative management of atrial fibrillation in high-risk surgical procedures requires that warfarin would be stopped 5 days before the surgical procedure and should be restarted 12 to 24 hours after surgery, if the bleeding risk is acceptable. 8. Perioperative management of prosthetic valves should follow the American College of Cardiology, American Heart Association, and Society for Cardiovascular Angiography's guidelines. This states that those with low risk of thrombosis, defined as those with a bileaflet mechanical AVR and no risk factors such as AFib, previous thromboembolism, left ventricular dysfunction, hypercoagulable conditions, older generation thrombogenic valves, mechanical tricuspid valves, or more than one mechanical valve, can stop warfarin 48 to 72 hours before the procedure and restarted within 24 hours after the procedure. Heparin is usually unnecessary. However, the INR should always be checked to ensure that it is less than 1.5. 9. In patients at high risk of thrombosis, define as those with any mechanical mitral valve replacement or a mechanical aortic valve with any risk factor, Bridging should be started when the INR falls below 2, typically 48 hours before surgery, and the dose should be adjusted to achieve an activated partial thromboplastin time 
two to three times the control. In these patients, unfractionated heparin is stopped four to six hours before the procedure and restarted as early after surgery as bleeding stability allows. Warfarin is resumed as soon as possible postoperatively, and unfractionated heparin is continued until the INR is in the therapeutic range for at least 48 hours. 10. The American College of Chest Physicians supports the use of three different bridging regimens for prosthetic valves. The high-dose or therapeutic-dose regimen of heparin bridging can use either a low-molecular-weight heparin, like anoxaparin, daltaparin, or tenzaparin, or you can use IV unfractionated heparin to attain an activated partial thromboplastin time of 1.5 to 2 times the control. The low-dose or prophylactic-dose heparin regimen is anoxaparin 30 mg BID or 40 mg daily, daltaparin 5000 IU daily, or unfractionated heparin 5000 to 7500 IU BID. The intermediate dose regimen is anoxaparin 40 mg BID. 11. Anticoagulation and antiplatelet agents should be discontinued and or reversed prior to shockwave lithotripsy. 12. Ureteroscopy can be performed with continuing oral anticoagulation or antiplatelet therapy. 13. Oral anticoagulation or antiplatelet medications should be discontinued prior to percutaneous nephrostolithotomy and patients bridged were deemed necessary. 14. In appropriately selected patients, laser prostate surgery can be safely accomplished for the patient with a therapeutic INR who has a significant risk of thrombosis without the discontinuation of oral anticoagulation or antiplatelet therapy. 15. Anticoagulation and antiplatelet therapy in patients undergoing transurethral resection of the prostate is associated with an increased risk of bleeding complications, which may continue throughout the perioperative period. 16. Prostate biopsy can be performed safely for the patient on low-dose aspirin with a risk of minor bleeding approximately one-third higher than controls. 17. Higher-risk urologic procedures, such as radical prostatectomy and partial nephrectomy, have been safely performed with bridging therapy in those with a higher risk of thromboembolic complications, albeit with an increased risk of bleeding. 18. In general, the perioperative continuation of aspirin may be associated with a minor risk of increased bleeding, but the transfusion rate is not increased and the consequences of that bleeding are minor with the probable exception of transurethral resection of the prostate. And that's it. We'll see you next time.